Welcome, one and all, to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. You know what? We shouldn't even call it Wednesday edition. We should call it Draft Eve edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Yes, we are a day away from when this show is coming out to the 2021 NFL Draft. Oh my goodness, it is finally here. Yes, all the waiting, all the stressing, all the mock drafts are done and dusted. We are finally at Draft Week. And we are finally, finally, a day from the 2021 NFL Draft. I couldn't be more excited. Could not be any more excited. And this show, as you might all expect, is going to be 100%, or maybe not 100%, maybe 99% draft-oriented. This is going to be a lot of stuff covering the NFL Draft. And one thing I really want to do today is go over each pick, each team, and the biggest, like, Rumor that I can remember hearing revolving your team's pick. Like what uh, what your team could do or what a rumor says. Like the biggest rumor that I could think of off the top of my head revolving a team. And if it if I can't think of one, then we won't talk about one. I'll just say, ah, there's nothing really going on with this team. No one really cares at this point in time what this team could do. And we'll talk about if it's really likely, if it could happen, if it should happen, and all of that great stuff. And also, with being a day away from the draft, while also being two days away from the draft where I'm sitting, a day away from the draft from where you guys are listening, I want to go through the last 10, let's go 10, number one and two overall picks in the NFL draft, because we all know, at this point, as I sit here on April 27th, two days prior to the NFL draft, that Zach Wilson is going to, Trevor Lawrence is going number one. We know this pretty much to be fact. John Beck... Zach Wilson's quarterback coach has talked to the Jets. His family's talked to the Jets. They are expecting to go number two overall to the New York Jets. Now, things could change in a matter of an instant. I just watched Draft Day tonight. That Kevin Costner movie surrounding the Cleveland Browns, one of the most unrealistic movies you'll ever watch. If you want to know more about the NFL Draft, I wouldn't necessarily recommend to watch that one because Kevin Costner trades up. And then has cold feet about trading up. And then you realize, oh, wait, he wanted to draft this dude the entire time. Even though he was making a big deal about everything. Why was he stressing if he knew he was going to draft the linebacker from Ohio State? I don't know. I don't know. But that was going on. So if you want to, I guess, watch the draft without really watching the draft and see a very unrealistic way the draft's done. I mean, I shouldn't say very unrealistic way things are done in the NFL draft because that's the fun part about the NFL draft is that anything can happen. Teams can get jumped in the draft order. We can have some insane trades where a team trades back and then trades back up in a matter of moments. We could have that happening. And with the third overall pick, the 49ers, as far as we know, at least what they're telling us, the media has been telling us that they're not really sure on who they're drafting. So maybe draft day is a little more realistic than what I give it credit for. Because the 49ers, to what I've been, what I've read, I should almost said what I've been told. I haven't been told Jack. I haven't told anything. What I've read is that it's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. We talked about that on Monday, and we've kind of hinted at that or talked about that for the past few weeks now. I know there was a little bit of Justin Fields in there because of the connections there with the quarterback camps and all that, but as of right now, it's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. And similarly, to what we talked about with the Atlanta Falcons at the fourth pick, it's a GM versus coach battle. And not only is it GM versus coach battle here, it is a coach versus the entire scouting department, <laughs> pretty much. Kyle Shanahan, 
from what reports say, and we can talk about this a little later, but I think it's fun to talk about now because it's such a big thing in the draft. We want to know who goes third. And if it's between Kyle or Mac Jones and Trey Lance, 99% of the audience, 99% of the Twitter users are going to be wanting Trey Lance to go number two or number three. But they won't be happy because it's not Justin Fields going third overall. And now, if I was the 49ers, I've I've been one to defend Mac Jones because I think he's getting unfairly criticized to a certain extent. Yeah, he's not the athlete that Trey Lance and Zach, or Justin Fields are, and even Zach Wilson, for that matter. But he's not a scrub. He's not a statue. He has very good pocket awareness. He's very smart and very accurate. Sure, he doesn't have the strongest arm, but Drew Brees didn't have the strongest arm, and he has like five of the top ten passing seasons in NFL history. Like, okay, he's not the athlete, but he's not a bad quarterback. I'm, I don't want to see that spread around, that he's a bad quarterback. Because that's not, that's not true at all. And the using of weapons thing is a very poor argument as well, because what's he supposed to do? Say, no, I don't want Devontae Smith, I don't want Jalen Waddle, I don't want Najee Harris, I don't want this offensive line. I want nobody. I mean, he did get recruited there. He did beat out a five-star high school recruit compared to Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. Like, he can play. It's not like some, it's not like, who is a good example? Like Brock Osweiler or something, where he goes to a team and going to be bad. No. And he can be, have a bad supporting cast and be bad as well. That's happened before, and it'll happen again. Matt Jones did have a great supporting cast, but this didn't hurt Tua last year. Dewey even had a major hip injury and a bunch of ankle injuries that scared people. He still went fifth overall, and no one really had a problem with it. If Mac Jones was battling an injury, good Lord, people will talk about him as he's undraftable. Dude finished third in the Heisman Trophy race. He can play. <laughs> Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, all the coaches, scouts, even Tua himself, have been praising Mac Jones with most people saying Mac Jones is better than Tua. So like I've said on shows prior to this, if he's better than Tua, wouldn't that make him better than the fifth overall pick? Doesn't that just logically make sense? Like if you're better than a guy that went fifth overall, logic says you should go higher than fifth. But no, he can't play. That's the narrative that we're getting pushed on us right now. And even though him and Trey Lance have had the same number of starts, we brought this up last time, it's a little different. You got to compare. You can compare the numbers, sure, but that's not the full story here. The number of starts, yeah, they both started 17 games in college. The time frame of those 17 starts is completely different. Trey Lance played one game in 2020. Matt Jones played a full season in 2020. They're, they've played the same number of games, but the amount of games is spread out a little differently to where Trey Lance hasn't played football in, tw- in almost two years. So, or a year and a half, we got to judge this off of, yeah, sure, the starts, sure, but who's played more recently? Who's played with the NFL-style offense? Now, to be fair to Trey Lance, this is something that should get you noted, because I'm sure a lot of you out there didn't really watch a lot of North Dakota State Bison football, and some of you out there probably say Bison football. No, it's Bison. North Dakota State Bison, like, basically should have spelled it with a Z and made it easier for everybody, but... They run an NFL-style offense. They run a lot of I formation. They love the fullback. They love the tight ends. 
Like the offense that North Coast State runs is very similar to that of the San Francisco 49ers offense. Very similar. Like Kyle Juszczyk gets used all the time. One of the few teams in the NFL that still utilizes a fullback. And they just re-signed into a contract. They got George Kittle. One of the best, if not the best, tight end of the NFL, depending on who you ask. I would say he's the most complete tight end, but does that make him the best tight end? I don't know. Because Travis Kelsey is pretty good, and I know Darren Waller is very good as well from the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know if I'd rank Waller above Kittle. I know a lot of people have, but I think we're forgetting about how good Kittle was because he was injured a lot last year. The 49ers also utilize very speedy wide receivers, i.e. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, North Coast State at Phoenix Proles. Tight end, I forgot to mention tight end, North Coast State, Noah Gindorf. They had a great relationship at North Coast State. Running game, North Coast State runs the ball better than anybody in FCS football. It has been for basically all of time. And Trey Lance elevated that running game last season when he played. Led the team in rushing. Was a dominant force in the national championship game against James Madison, who had the best rushing defense in college football at the time. And not... Not only did James Madison lose the game, they lost the game by North Dakota State doing the thing that James Madison's supposed to be the best at stopping, and that's running the football. Trey Lance torched them on the ground in that game. Go watch the James Madison North Dakota State highlights, or just the game in general. If you want to go, oh well, he we want to watch his bad plays too. Okay, do that. But he torched a run, the number one run defense, running the ball, not throwing the ball. Usually, when you see a team is really strong in this department. You go, okay, we're going to attack the weakness of the defense. And that's not really saying a lot because James Madison doesn't really have a weakness or had a weakness on their defense. They were very good against the pass as well. Very strong defense. But they were the best against the run. And North Coast State still killed them on the ground. It ended up winning, what, a ninth national championship or eighth national championship in nine years, ninth and ten. I don't know what it is. And they have a chance to go on and win another national championship as far as I've checked, I guess I've kind of forgotten that FCS football is still on. I've kind of been focusing all my attention towards the 2021 NFL Draft. Once you and I got eliminated from the playoffs, it was kind of like, okay, let's turn all our attention towards the draft. And none of these teams are really exciting to watch. Like North Dakota State and James Madison were exciting teams to watch last year. Not right now. And that's because it's in the spring. You're losing a lot of really good players. You and I lost a ton of really good players that either transferred or went to the draft or just sat out. Like, there's a lot of good players you and I did not have for this a season that was supposed to be their best season in program history, or at least close. Look back at the Eric Sanders Panthers. This team could have rivaled that. This team was set up to be amazing. And COVID screwed it up. Man. Like, it screwed up a lot of things. But, man, I am excited for the draft. And I'm excited, speaking of you and I, to where see where the Panthers go. We got Spencer Brown and Ellerson Smith in the draft. Expected to get drafted Spencer Brown. A projected day two pick. I haven't heard a lot about Ellerson Smith, but I would assume late round or round three into early day three. Time will tell on that. He's got a lot of really – he's really long, which is what teams are looking for nowadays, and, and edge rushers, great length can bend around defenses, got great quickness. Like I would love to see Ellerson Smith and Spencer Brown ball out in the NFL. Now, Spencer Brown is a little more developmental piece, I guess, if you want to call him that. But he's the same thing as Trey Lance. He hasn't played football, really, 
in a while. Dylan Radunes, again, similar story. North Dakota State's tackle. So these FCS prospects are going to be a little more raw and are going to need a little bit more time, I would assume, to develop in the NFL. And I was just thinking about this with the FCS quarterbacks. I saw this on Twitter the other day. It was Dan Orlovsky, ESPN analysis, former Detroit Lions quarterback, along with another few teams in the NFL, Twelve, I think 12-year vet in the NFL. He put out a tweet. He was like, I don't think Trey Lance's, quote, uh, strength of co- schedule or whatever, the competition level, hasn't really affected a lot of FCS quarterbacks to this date. Like, most of the FCS quarterbacks that have been taken in the first round have been good quarterbacks. Trey Lance is going, I would assume, is going to be one. I would hope he is. Then you got Carson Wentz was playing at an MVP level before he tore his ACL. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Phil Simms won two Super Bowls. Only one as a starter because he got hurt the other one. And then arguably the best FCS quarterback that I can think of off the top of my head at this point, Steve McNair was from Alcorn State, taken third overall by the Tennessee Titans, or the Houston Oilers at the time, before they moved to Tennessee. Like, competition is something. This goes to the old adage. If you're good enough, they'll find you. If you're good enough, you'll play. And Trey Lance is good enough. He's definitely good enough. And if I'm the 49ers, though I have defended Mac Jones, and though I think Mac Jones is more ready to play than Trey Lance, I would draft Trey Lance. I think he's got the highest ceiling in the draft, but that also comes into the fact that he's probably got the lowest floor out of the quarterbacks as well. He's got a big gap on where he could be, similarly to Josh Allen when he got drafted by the Buffalo Bills in 2018. Like, there's a lot of stuff that could go on with Trey Lance. And I think with the 49ers, if they are true in their assessment that they are going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo for another year, then do it. Then you keep Jimmy Garoppolo and have... Trey Lance there to learn from him for a year and then dip Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the season. But then you could go, oh, they're not going to get a lot of value from him because they could get a, I doubt first, but that's what's been rumored, or a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. You could utilize, you get basically the pick back that you gave up for Jimmy Garoppolo. But time will tell. Time will tell. I know a lot of people would like Justin Fields to go there. It doesn't seem like it's happening. I want Trey Lance to go there, but it'll probably be Mac Jones. At least how I'm sitting here now, and we'll have a full mock draft coming for you on Thursday, right before the NFL draft, as per usual. I don't have it done for the show. I wanted to wait till the day of the draft to actually release it, as we've done for the past, what, three or four years? We have done it the day of the draft, and I followed it along on the draft. And I, I find myself doing a lot more things <laughs> in the last mock drafts than I do when it's just a normal mock draft, like you start overthinking things. It's like, oh man, it's getting so close. We're going to have to, oh my God, I can't think of anything right now. Oh, there's so many different things that can happen. And they just got to take a second and breathe, which is not what I'm going to do. I don't even take my own advice on that because I'm an overthinker. I get that from my mom's side of the family. I will overthink my draft until the very last second. I remember during the 2019 NFL Draft, Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, Quinny Williams, that draft, I posted the draft as Roger Goodell walked with the stage and said the Arizona Cardinals are now on the clock because I was still unsure if they were taking Kyler Murray or not. Ultimately, I did say they would take Kyler Murray. I said they would still go with Kyler. Even though I was not very confident in saying that, I was like, okay, I'm going to go with Kyler here. And then it went Quinn Williams. Let's see if I can find that 
old draft. I still have the Twitter account. The Twitter account still up. It's the the underscore LB underscore show, which has not had anything posted on it in a very, very long time. What's the last post we had? Sep- September 27th, 2020. Goodness gracious. That's something about the Jets. It's going to be a weekly occurrence, isn't it? Trevor Lawrence, the New York Jets. Oh, man, that's uh, that's not happening. Sorry, Jets fans. That is... It didn't happen. You're not getting Trevor Lawrence. Again, unless something insane happens where Trevor Lawrence does something heinous the day of the NFL draft, I don't think you're getting Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry. I'm truly sorry about that. But I just don't... I don't foresee it happening at this point in time. You could. Maybe you shock the world and get Trevor Lawrence first overall. Or second overall. And the Jets or the Jaguars go with Justin Fields or Kyle Pitts. With the first overall pick. Time will tell. There has been some circulations about (laughs) Kyle Pitts going to the 49ers at three. Now, I don't think that'll happen. But I also will not rule that out. Because it's the NFL draft. And anything can happen. Literally, anything can happen. That's the beauty and the beast of the NFL draft. It's a great thing. It's a very great thing. But it sucks at the exact same time. Because... Like I said, I'm an overthinker, so I will be thinking about this stupid thing <laughs> until the draft comes out. And I'm still scrolling on Twitter. Jeez, I used to post a lot on this social on this account. Here it is, draft reasoning, and here's the draft. Okay, it's not I I like it. It's not that bad to be 100 percent honest with you. Until you get a little later, but right now, oh okay. There's a couple picks that I wouldn't I don't like here, but I will say this. I got Kyler Murray right. I got Nick Bosa right to the 49ers. I had the Redskins at the time taking Dwayne Haskins because there was reports that uh, Dan Snyder was taking over the draft. So it was like, this is their meaning. They're trading up all their picks to get Dwayne Haskins. That was what everybody was thinking at the time. Oh, who are they trading up with? The Jets had the least number of picks, if I'm not mistaken, at that point in time. So it was like, oh, they're going to trade up for Dwayne Haskins. Jets trade back, get a boatload of picks, and be happy. But that didn't happen. They still drafted Dwayne Haskins. So by default, I had Quinton Williams going to the Raiders at four. Devin Bush, I had going to the Buccaneers at five. I had the Giants trying to think logically and go with Josh Allen at number six, take the edge rusher. Bills, I had them trading up, but I still had them taking Ed Oliver. I had the Falcons trading up for Devin Bush, which is what I heard prior to the draft. Obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers traded up. For the draft, and I'm just seeing something for the for I for the Steelers, I put Greedy Williams, and then for the Chargers, I also put Greedy Williams. Did I change it in the description or the reasoning, or did I keep that and I just not worry about it till later? Who did I have the Steelers taking then? Oh no, did I screw that up? I mean, it's four years. What th- two years in the future? I did. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I just had the Chargers and Steelers taking Greedy Williams at 20 and 28. But obviously that didn't happen as he went to the Browns in the second round. Uh, then I had TJ Hawkinson going to the Jaguars at 9 because I had them trading back with the Bills. That pick makes sense because at the time it looked like the Jaguars were going to take Hawkinson. But with Josh Allen there because of the Giants taking Daniel Jones, I should have known this because Daniel Jones walked to the draft wearing a blue per or blue red and white suit there was a report that they were planning the draft in sixth overall but I was like nah they can't do that 
I had him at 17, but then changed it because I was like, oh, they could probably get in the second round. Didn't happen. Took him at six. And that the jury's still out, kind of, on Daniel Jones. I had Andre Dillard going to the Panthers at 10. Montez Sweat going to the Bengals at 11. Good value pick, but he had a, you know, heart problem before the draft, so he obviously made his draft stock fall a little bit. Jawan Taylor going to the Packers at 12. Didn't happen. Christian Wilkins going to the Dolphins at 13. Brian Burns going to the Lions at 14. He went to the Panthers at 16. Jonah Williams going to the Jets at 15. Noah Fant to the Broncos at 16, but still still there. And who else do we have? Cody Ford going to the Giants at 17. Went in the second round. Garrett Bradbury going to the Vikings at 18. Marquise Brown going to the Titans at 19. Greedy Williams going twice. Cleveland Farrell going to the Colts at 21, which is where a lot of people were expecting him to go. DK Metcalf going to the Ravens at 22. Dalton Risner going to the Houston Texans at 23, which I, I mean, they got what, Ty, what was his name? Tywan Howard from Alabama State. I can't remember what his name was. Tyson Howard? I can't remember. But the Eagles jumped him, jumped them to draft Andre Dillard. The Texans were poised to take Andre Dillard and they took Howard instead. And that's, to my knowledge, hasn't really panned out what they were expecting. At this point in time, I could be wrong about that. I haven't been following his career that much to this point. Josh Jacobs going to the Raiders at 24. Got that. Chris Lindstrom going to the Eagles at 25. He obviously went to the Falcons at 14. Rashawn Gary going to the Seahawks at 26. He went 12 to the Packers. Irv Smith Jr. to the Raiders at 27. He dropped to the second round. Greedy Williams going to the Chargers. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson going to the Seahawks at 29. Nikhil Harry going to the Packers at 30. Drew Locke going to the Broncos at 31. And Greg Little, who's now in the Panthers and about to get replaced, is uh, to the Patriots at 32. So all in all, just for player and team, don't worry about the pick. We got Kyler Murray right, Nick Bosa. We got Devin White. We got Ed Oliver. We got, who else did we get right? Christian Wilkins. We got Noah Fant. We got Garrett Bradbury. We got Josh Jacobs, and we got Drew Locke. So we got nine picks right. Not worrying about where they were drafted. I'm just talking about what team they drafted on. were drafted on. Nine picks were right in this pit, in this thing. I'll take it. I will take it. So, yeah. 2019 draft. Fun draft. Very, 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 very fun draft. So, with the 2019 draft, I think that's a good segue to go through the last number one and two draft picks in the last 10 or so drafts. So last year, we always said Joe Burrow and Chase Young. Beautiful for both teams. Bengals got a franchise quarterback, though he's coming off an ACL injury, and the, the Washington football team got one of the best young edge rushers in the NFL, if not the best young edge rusher in the NFL. Defensive rookie of the year, baller. Joe Burrow, until he got hurt, would he have won rookie of the year? Because they were neck and neck, and then he got hurt, and then it was like a one-horse race. The rest of it, and then Justin Jefferson kind of poked his head up for a little bit. We all knew Herbert was going to win it once Burrow got knocked down against Chase Young. And to Karma, I guess? <laughs> Not Karma. Former Ohio State teammates. The year before that, 2019, Kyler Murray and Nick Bosa. Thumbs up for both of them. Both have made Pro Bowls. Both are main cogs of their team. Nick Bosa, one of the be again, be one of the best young edge rushers in the league. Perfect. Perfect for both teams at this point in time. It's, it's only three years in the future at the, now, but at, right now it's looking good. 2018, Baker Mayfield, Saquon Barkley. Good. Baker Mayfield's not the best quarterback in the class, but 
He's doing good for the Browns. He's had a great career so far. They just picked up his fifth-year option. Lamar Jackson's guaranteed to get his fifth-year option picked up, according to John Harbaugh. So it's looking good. Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in the NFL, went healthy. And hopefully for the Giants' sake, they have a decent offensive line for him to run behind and other weapons to help take the pressure off of him. So, yeah, thumbs up for both players. Good stuff from both teams. We're looking good so far. And then Miles Garrett and Mitchell Trubisky. Thumbs up for Miles Garrett. And with Trubisky, this is the the funny thing here. I heard this on the radio the other day, and it was a really good take on this. Trubisky is not a bad quarterback. That's, that's one thing we should get straight. Trubisky is not a bad quarterback. By any stretch of the imagination, he's not a bad quarterback whatsoever. He's just getting compared to Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. He hasn't been bad. He's just not as good as Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, so he'll forever be, his. the view of him will be skewed forever. Like, he drafted himself before Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Not the Bears. We're not going to judge the Bears anymore. We're going to keep blasting Trubisky. He's not a bad quarterback. I don't like that stigma that he's a sucky quarterback and he can't play. He's not a bad quarterback. And I hope this trip in Buffalo helps him get his confidence back because he can play the position. He can't. Now, I'm not saying any he's anywhere near Mahomes and Watson, but that's who he's going to ultimately get compared to for the rest of his career. Right, wrong, or otherwise, he's just going to get compared to those two because he was taken before them. That doesn't change the fact that he's a good quarterback. or not. He's an all-right quarterback to a good quarterback. He's not bad. That's all I'm trying to say, though. He's not bad. Miles Garrett has worked out very well. Last first-round draft pick, the earliest first-round draft pick, to still be on their current team. 2016, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. If you asked me two years ago, thumbs up for both. Now, neither one of them are on the same team they got drafted by. Jared Goff on the Lions, Carson Wentz on the Colts. Now, I like the situation where Carson Wentz better. I liked Carson Wentz better than Goff coming into this thing. I liked the idea of Jeff Fisher getting another FCS quarterback because, like I mentioned before, Steve McNair, drafted by the Houston Oilers, their head coach was Jeff Fisher. So it was kind of like maybe they do that, but you knew the the California links. Jared Goff, being from Cali, played at Cal. He was going to get drafted by the Rams, who were just moving to Los Angeles. Like, it was going to happen. And Carson Wentz has been an MVP candidate. Both of them have been in the Super Bowl. Now, Carson Wentz was on the sideline because he got hurt against Jared Goff. And that game, I I thoroughly enjoyed watching that game. The game Carson Wentz season ultimately ended and his career started going down. That Rams-Eagles game was awesome arguably the two best teams in the NFL at the time, and it was a sick, sick game. I enjoyed every single second of that game, and the Rams, I think, they lost to the Cowboys in the playoffs, I believe? If I'm not mistaken, I think they lost to the Cowboys. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty confident that's what happened. But a few years ago, yeah, thumbs up. Now it's about medium, because they're two good quarterbacks. They're not bad quarterbacks. They just have, they're just at new teams, which is not great look for the public opinion about these two. But they're, like, they've been to a Super Bowl. Wentz was an MVP candidate. He was the MVP until he got hurt. So, you know, it's whatever. Next one, Mariota and Jameis Winston. I mean, neither one of them are on the same team. Both of them were backups last year. The difference between 2015 and 2016, Wentz and Goff are going to be the starters. Now, I know there's links with the Lions taking a quarterback. I don't think that will happen. 
I mean, their GM was on the scouting team that drafted Jared Goff. I don't think they'd draft a quarterback and replace him like that. I think they'd give him at least a year and then decide if they want to move on from him or not. But these two, they left their team and instantly became backups. Now Jameis Winston's going to have an opportunity to be the starter in New Orleans this year, and Mariota does have some suitors, but his contract's a little too rich for some of the teams out there. But Jameis Winston, they are fine quarterbacks. I like both. I love Mariota coming out of college. He's, I remember the Chargers were linked religiously with Mariota. They were going to trade Phillip Rivers to Tennessee with Ken Wisenhunt there. Phillip Rivers had great success with Ken Wisenhunt in San Diego. Going to reunite them in Tennessee. Chargers move up to two and take Marcus Mariota from Hawaii. Keeps him in the area. Brings more fans to the stands. Played at Oregon from Hawaii. Like it was match made in heaven. Ultimately didn't happen. He went to Tennessee. Had uh, what do you want to call it? Mediocre, some success. Never really developed uh, into the quarterback we all thought he would be. Jameis showed flashes, but just kept turning the ball over. I think Jameis is by far the better quarterback, but I like both of them. And I know I'm just going to keep saying that because I like quarterbacks. I don't want to bash any of them, really. And I hope all of them, both of them have some success. I think Jameis will have some success this year. I'm excited to see what he does in New Orleans this year. Next one, Jadavian Clowney, Greg Robinson. Uh, media, sideways thumb for Clowney, thumbs down for Greg Robinson. Goodness gracious. Dude played six years in the NFL and got bounced from the Rams after two years there. It's not great. That's not great. And Jadavian Clowney, it's not really helpful to him that there's t- the two best defenders in the NFL, arguably. Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald were drafted after him. That doesn't help. And Khalil Mack was more in the conversation getting drafted first overall than Aaron Donald was. But, you know, it's... You would rather have Mack (laughs) and Aaron Donald especially than Jadavian Clowney who had, I think, zero sacks last year and wasn't really a threat rushing the passer anyways. Wasn't really that disruptive. I know we've talked about Jason Oway not having any sacks, but at least he provided some threat coming off the edge for Penn State. Man, he did he did not have a great year, but hopefully a time with the Browns. Working with Miles Garrett will help rejuvenate that potential that we saw when he was first in Houston after he got all the injuries out of the way the first time and from what we saw when he was at South Carolina. 2013, Eric Fisher and Luke Jokel. Uh, yeah, Jokel didn't really have a fantastic career either. I think it was more of injuries, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He hit Jokels was a lot of knee injuries, a lot of injuries, and Eric Fisher's been cut. Neither one of them are on their team right now. Eric Fisher's been all right in the NFL. He's not a bad left tackle. I know a lot of Chiefs fans don't really like him. My friend Brady hates Eric Fisher, but neither one of them are a team. Landed Lane Johnson, drafted at four, is better than both of them, so that doesn't really help their situation here that much. <laughs> so it's been all right. All right. It hasn't been terrible, but it's been all right. For 2012, Robert Griffin III and Andrew Luck. Suck for Luck. And then RG3 going to Washington. Training their basically their entire draft to St. Louis to move up to get RG3. A Dan Snyder move, if ever was one, was RG3 going to Washington. This is what I talked about with the 2019 draft of Washington trading their entire draft to move up to three to get Dwayne Haskins. This was that situation that spawned that idea that that would happen because they have done this, and this is the prime example of it. 
Now, RG3 battled a lot of injuries and had a coach that didn't want him and Mike Shanahan, and uh, they drafted Kirk Cousins in the later rounds. So you knew something was off from the jump when they drafted another quarterback after trading up to get one second overall, and then Kirk Cousins goes on to end up beating RG3 out of the starting job and has the starting job in the Minnesota Vikings. RG3 is a backup and has battled injuries throughout his career. And I loved RG3's rookie season, one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen. But it didn't work out. Andrew Luck's retired now. Injuries, Colts sucking. Uh, who was their GM at the time? It's not Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard's an amazing GM. Who was their GM? I'm not. I'm, I'm blanking on the Colts GM at the time. Ryan Grigson. Yeah, sucked. <laughs> uh, ruined Andrew Luck. Sorry, Andrew. I, remember I was sitting at my friend's house. We were at the, across the street from our house up in Cedar Falls, and I got the update about that. Shocking news that Andrew Luck retired. Shocking, yet not surprising, if that makes any sense. Next one, 2011, Von Miller, Cam Newton. Great for both. Cam Newton's won an MVP. Von Miller's one of the best defenders in his generation. One of the greatest Broncos ever. Won a Super Bowl against Cam Newton. Been one of the best edge rushers we've ever seen in the 21st century, and even of all time. Like, great, great edge rusher. Cam exploded. Early, and then his body's slowly been given up on him, similar to that of Steve McNair, whose body just gave up on him. And Cam, I think, has got some left in the tank, but if, I, it's hard for me to say that he should still be playing because I think is the thing that made him so great, how big he was, is starting to hurt him because people are treating him like a running back because he's massive. You can't tackle him like an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes. The dude is a monster. So they're going to treat him like a running back. So they're going to let him get hit. This is why he wears so many pads, but it's worked out. It worked out. Cam's had a fantastic career with the Carolina and the Panthers. And the last team I'm going to look at or draft, Sam Bradford and Dominican Sue. Bradford divides opinions. I just don't think he's that good. I know people say, oh, he'd be good if he didn't have injuries, and he had that one really good year with the Vikings, but that's what checking down and crossing routes get for you. <laughs> You'll get a very high completion percentage. It's a very way, very easy way to get a very high completion percentage. It's just weird that you have that, well, only 20 touchdowns. Like, 20 touchdowns is not a bad number, but it's just really low for how, <laughs> how good your other numbers were. Like, completion percentage, 71.6. That's a, that led the NFL. You had 3,800 passing yards. It was a career high. And then you had 20 passing touchdowns. That is, a, that is called checking down and crossing routes. The Vikings weren't really that diverse of an offense anyways, so that's all they did. So Sam Bradford's numbers looked very, very good. It was like Cam Newton's year when he had a major jump in completion percentage. You know what the big jump was for? Because they got Christian McCaffrey. Like, that was their reason for their big jump. And, <laughs> yeah, like they just checked down all the time. Like, they're just going to boost everybody's completion percentage. It's just an odd number. They were just going to run the same thing over and over again, so obviously his number's going to get increased. For Sue, he's been a very good player in the NFL. Uh, now he's kind of stopped with the uh, stomping on people's legs, stomping on people's nuts and stuff like that, but he's still a threat from the interior D-line on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just won a Super Bowl, 34 years old. Got to be close to retiring now, I would assume. <laughs> Get that. <laughs> Sue, assume. Get it? Maybe it's too high of a... Highbrow comedy for you. you guys don't understand. I host a podcast, so I I should know what comedy is, really. Yeah, you guys don't get it. But yeah, those two, 
they were decent. I mean, Sue was good. Bradford had, I don't know. I don't know why the Vikings traded a first-round draft pick for him. That was the crazy part of the whole thing. Played one year in, in Philadelphia, drafted Carson Wentz, and then traded him for a first-round draft pick. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Sam Bradford, and they've had the same injury history. And Sam, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be a first-round draft pick. Why the hell did the Vikings trade a first-round draft pick for Sam Bradford? Confusing times. Confusing times. So, with that, let's look at all the teams in the draft and their biggest headline or whatever, their biggest rumor, and then we'll see if it will actually come to fruition. Because, as you know, we are a day away from the 2021 NFL Draft, so anything can happen, which is the beauty and, again, the beast of the NFL Draft. But it makes it for a very exciting watch. Oh, it's so exciting. Oh, my goodness, the NFL Draft is so, so exciting. So let's go through all 32 picks, and we did this pretty much on Monday, but this is more of rumors. This isn't what I think they should do or who their picks are. This is who what the media is saying. So Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson is going to the Jets. Okay, simple. Done, done, done. Number three, the 49ers. Their biggest rumor, it's Trey Lance or Mac Jones. I think everybody knew that. It's between the two quarterbacks. I would draft Trey Lance. But Kyle Shanahan likes himself some Mac Jones. We will see if that actually happens if they draft Trey Lance. John, uh, John Lynch likes Trey Lance. From what I can tell, the entire scouting department and the entire organization likes Trey Lance. But it looks like Mac Jones might be the pick. And Trey Lance has been somewhat vocal on social media. And because of the, the comment that he dropped the other day, he was on a 49ers podcast or something like that. It was a, uh, not, I don't know if it was team-based. or like or I know it was team-based, but I don't know if it was run by the San Francisco 49ers or they were employed by the 49ers or if it was just a random 49ers podcast. They had Trey Lance on. And they said, hope, I get a talk, hope we get to talk to you on Friday. Hope you're wearing a 49ers jersey. Trey Lance said, that's the plan. Now take of that what you will. Is he saying that, Oh yeah, that's the plan. We're going third overall. The plan is for me to do this interview on Friday. Or is it, that's the plan. The plans get drafted third overall. I don't know if we're getting drafted third overall, but that's the plan. I would love to get drafted as high as possible because I get the most money. That's what it seems like. So if Trey Lance goes three, where's Mac Jones go? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I'm excited to see where that, that this whole thing takes place. And with Trey Lance gone, if he is gone... That kind of narrows down what the Falcons do, because the Falcons are doing one of two things, drafting Trey Lance or drafting Kyle Pitts. That's what they're doing. GM versus coach. Now, if the 49ers win out, or the, the coach wins out for the 49ers, they'll take Mac Jones. If the coach wins out for the Falcons, they're taking Kyle Pitts. And there's rumors of that they're going to trade Julio Jones as a cap casualty, so there's talk of, is Kyle Pitts the flat replacement for Julio Jones? Time will tell. But I know, I know Terry Fontenot wants to draft Trey Lance. It's his ideal draft prospect because he can sit him behind Matt Ryan and have him learn. He wants to stack quarterbacks. They got no backup quarterback on the roster. Now, if they want to go out and get someone like Davis Mills, who's only played 11 games of college football, that would be a smart move as well. Developmental PCs even more raw than Trey Lance was. If you want to get Kellen Mond, if you want to get... I don't think they'll draft Kyle Trask. I don't think that fits with what they're doing. I think he's more of a Steelers or Saints kind of guy. That's what I'm. What's the kind of vibes I get from Kyle Trask? I don't really see him as a or a Buccaneers kind of guy. I don't see him as a Falcons dude. Falcons draft Jamie Newman. 
Sam Ellinger, any of those guys. If they don't draft Trey Lance for the fourth overall pick. But if he's gone, that narrows it out. The axe is out. Bengals, Jamar Chaser, Kyle, or, uh, Penny Sewell. Now, you could look, this is one way you could look at it. Like, oh, you got to protect Trey. This is, I, I like this argument because it's looking at this through such a narrow view. Like, oh, you don't draft Penny Sewell, you're not going to have any protection for Burrow. Like, there's not seven drafts, seven rounds that exist and not a very good off-the-line draft class here. I know the wide receiver class is very good, okay? But the drop-off from Jamar Chase down to a player they're going to draft the second round is a lot bigger, a lot steeper than Panay Sewell to the guy in the later rounds. To me, I'd like both players. I think both players would be amazing fits for the Cincinnati Bengals, but I think Jamar Chase... For a team that lost A.J. Green, does not have a great passing attack down the field, would love a guy like Jamar Chase and reunite Burrow, him and Burrow, who put up God numbers with the LSU Tigers. Jamar Chase was the best receiver in college football, unquestioned, when he played. Now that he opted out, Devontae Smith took the mantle. But we, we forget how amazing Jamar Chase was. Like I've said on the show before, Justin Jefferson was the only player that took votes away from Justin Herbert winning the Rookie of the Year. The only player in the entire NFL that took votes away from Justin Herbert. He was by far their number two option at LSU behind Jamar Chase. That should tell you alone how amazing Jamar Chase is. But if you want to go with Panay Sewell, fine, do that. I don't think the Bengals come out losers here. They're drafting Chase or Sewell. They'll have a great player regardless. And from what I could tell with the Dolphins, this kind of circulated today, that the Dolphins... Are thinking of moving Robert Hunt, guy they drafted in the second round last year, who played right tackle for him, to move him into the right guard. And then draft Panay Sewell to play the right tackle. His Tua's blindside. Though he's a natural left tackle, he'd be the blindside blocker for Tua, who is left-handed. Now, you could also do the same thing on the other side. Austin Jackson, versatile offensive lineman from USC last year, athletic offensive lineman, one of the most athletic linemen in the draft last year, could also move him to guard and be perfectly fine. So if they draft Panay Sewell... They just traded Eric Flowers to the Washington football team, traded him back to Washington because he signed with the Dolphins. Well, now he's back in Washington where he found, kind of refound his footing in the NFL after he lost it and looked like one of the worst offensive linemen in the NFL when he was with the New York Giants. And then also the other rumor that's kind of circulating around is that they valued Jalen Waddle over Jamar Chase. So if this scenario pops off, so with the Bengals draft, Jamar Chase, would they draft Panay Sewell if that scenario is going to happen, if they're going to move Robert Hunt into right guard and play Sewell right tackle? Or would they draft Jalen Waddell, which I think is a very viable option here because I've heard that they were linked with him a while ago. Now that's also, he played with Tua, so it makes a lot of sense there. But you signed Will Fuller, you have Mike Gusecki there, you have a, a hopefully healthy Devontae Parker, get to a... Panay Sewell, that would be awesome. Now, the other scenario is, do the Bengals draft Panay Sewell? Do they really draft Jalen Waddle above Jamar Chase to speed me that much? Now, the difference is, with this situation, unlike Jalen Rager going over Justin Jefferson last year, Jalen Waddle's a great wide receiver. That's not just, he's not a, just a burner. He doesn't have questionable hands like Jalen Rager did coming into college. He's not a, pretty much a clone of Nelson Aguilar who the Eagles cut or let go in free agency 
and just replace him with a like for like had him a like like replacement for him. Fast but questionable hands. That was Jay- Nelson Aguilar. Here comes Jalen Rager. Jalen Wall's not that. Jalen Wall's a great wide receiver, the most versatile player in this entire draft. Next to like Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa or someone like that, who could play multiple positions on defense. Jalen Waddle can do everything for you on offense and in the return game. So if the Dolphins really want to go that direction, I wouldn't blame them, but I would not draft him over Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is easily the best receiver in this draft. I think Jalen Waddle is number two. I think him and Smith are 2A, 2B, but I wouldn't draft Waddle over Chase. I think I might draft Chase or Waddle over Sewell just based on the Dolphins' needs and the relationship with him and Tua, but it'd be hard to pass on Panay Sewell if he's there at six, especially if you're thinking about moving Robert Hunt into right guard. For seven, the Detroit Lions, it has to be a trade back. It's trading back. They're trading back. I don't care for what or for who. They're trading back. That's the rumor surviving them. They have to trade back. Number eight, the Panthers. I think this came out today that they'll trade back with the Patriots, and the Patriots, they send Stephon Gilmore to the Detroit Lions, or the Detroit, the Carolina Panthers, who are in need of a cornerback. Now, dropping all the way down to 15 from 8, you kind of lose some of the top players you were linked with, like Rashawn Slater, Panay Sewell, J.C. Horn is someone I've seen they like a lot, but getting Stephon Gilmore... Well, then eventually I would assume you draft like Christian Derrissaw or someone at 15. That would be a great situation for the Panthers. That would be perfect. I know they're linked with Justin Fields. That's a huge rumor in itself. But I don't see that happening. You traded three picks for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has a relationship with the organization, or at least with the team, the coaches and players on the team. Like he's played with Robbie Anderson, the New York Jets. Matt Rule was trying to interview for the Jets job when Sam Darnold was getting drafted, or after Sam Darnold was there, after Todd Bowles got fired. So, I don't think they move from... I think this is a call to get someone to trade up with them to draft Justin Fields. I think that's all they're trying to do. I don't think... I really don't think the Lions or the Panthers pick at 7-8 and eight at this point in time. Now, that could change. Washington football team, if Trey Lance falls, I could totally see them trading up, but we'll talk about them in a little bit. Number 9, the Broncos... Biggest rumor surrounding them is drafting a quarterback. Do they need a quarterback? I don't know. Now, their roster is a very sneaky good roster. They We knew this last year, so I guess it's not really a sneaky good roster because a lot of people expected them to be that sleeper, sneak into the playoffs team. Finish like 9-7 and seven or something like that. They drafted Jerry Judy, K.J. Handler, Lloyd Cushenberry, Michael Ojemudia. Like, all those guys played significant minutes last year. Now, the wide receivers got injured a little bit, but... Cushenberry was a massive lift for the odds line at center. Then you had Garrett Bowles play like an actual first-round draft pick. Cortland Sutton got hurt, so that didn't help. And then you had Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon in the backfield. You had Noah Fant at tight end. You have Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons. You just signed Kyle Fuller. Like, they have Bryce Callahan there, if I'm not mistaken. So, their roster's good. I think their positions they're going to draft are either quarterback, linebacker, or corner. If they like a J.C. Horn, if they like a Patches or Tan... They could do that, but quarterback's going to be hard to pass on. I don't know if the Broncos trade up for one. They could, like, one spot. So maybe the Panthers are trying to get them to trade up one spot. I think that's a very viable option. But I don't know. Hard to tell. 
at this point in time what the Denver Broncos will do. George Payton, a first-year GM, that's where a lot of things are coming into the fray of they'll draft a quarterback because GMs always like to draft their quarterback. Whenever they come in a new situation, they like to draft their guy. Look at Joe Douglas in New York with the Jets for a prime example. They didn't draft Sam Darnold. They have no relationship with Sam Darnold in that building. The coaches and GMs that drafted him are gone. So they want their new guy. They want their own guy in the building. Done. So they got, they're going to get Zach Wilson. Does George Payton want to do that? There's linked with Teddy Bridgewater, which would make a lot of sense. But do you take Teddy Bridgewater and then still draft a quarterback? I don't know. Time will tell. Cowboys, it's a corner trade back. I think they're going to draft Sertan. I've had Sertan there the entire time. Other than one mock draft, I've had Sertan go in there because I had the Broncos taking Micah Parsons one time, which led Caleb Farley to go 10. Because at the time, Caleb Farley, to me, was the best corner in the draft. He was the most athletic corner. He was a little raw because he only played two years at corner, but he had the size, athletic ability to be a beast. But two back surgeries kind of hurt him, both in draft stocks and physically. But they got to go corner. They had to go someone on defense. Their defense stinks. Their offense is very good. Dak Prescott should be back and fully healthy, so they should be going towards defense. At least I would hope so. And a trade back with a team that needs a quarterback has also been a very big rumor circulating with them. Giants, big rumor around them is Dave Gettleman likes Micah Parsons. The team likes J.C. Horn. Joe Judge likes Devontae Smith. I also think Quiddy Pays in there. There's a quote the other day from Dave Gettleman that said you can't be afraid to overdraft somebody. So maybe that was just a tie back to the Daniel Jones thing. It's like, see, we've overdrafted before, and Quiddy Pay could be that guy. I think this would be a little bit of a reach for Pay at 11. That could be a shout here. The Eagles have been linked with him. Maybe they're freeing that the Eagles would take him. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're planning on doing. Micah Parsons has a lot of uh, character issues that have kind of been raised a lot more as of late. And after watching DeAndre Baker's whole situation, after drafting him in the first round of 2019, I don't know if the Giants would be smart to go back towards that style of going towards a player that we know has character concerns but not really worry about it. So I would, if I'm the Giants, I would go either Devontae Smith or J.C. Horn. And this season is a season where we should be trying to figure out if Daniel Jones is our guy. We've seen flashes. a lot. So this is the difference between Drew Locke and Daniel Jones. The GM that drafted Daniel Jones is still there. The GM that drafted Drew Locke's still there, but he's not the GM anymore. George Payton is. The Broncos have a better roster than the Giants do at this point in time, which is funny because the Giants finished with a, a higher draft pick than the Broncos. But the Broncos had a lot more situations going on this season. I think Daniel Jones can do a lot more than Drew Locke. I think he's more mobile than Drew Locke. I think he's more prone to mistakes than Drew Locke. It's just something he needs to get figured out. I think Drew Locke's got a lot less room to error. It's another thing that really helps Daniel Jones in the situation. He was drafted sixth overall. Drew Locke was a second-round draft pick. There's a lot longer leash if you were a first-round draft pick, even a, most most notably a top-10 draft pick at that, instead of being a second-round draft pick. Like, <laughs> you you're got a lot shorter leash to work with here. And the Broncos, you look around their roster... Their, their roster's arguably better than the New York Giants. I think it's close, but I think the Broncos have a lot less holes to fill than the New York Giants at this point in time. 
I think the Giants with Daniel Jones, I think they're going to be trying a little bit harder to fix him, fix him, figure out if he's a guy than the Broncos are to a certain extent. I think Devontae Smith would be the smartest pick here for the Giants. 12, the Eagles, I think they'll trade up. I think they'll trade up for someone like Jalen Waddell if he's available. I think that Waddell fits their mold of wide receiver that they've drafted, at least especially last year, drafting Jalen Rager last year. Jalen Smith or Jalen Waddell has worked with Jalen Hurts in the past, being at Alabama, can do everything for your team. A lot of people are linking Jalen Waddell to the Philadelphia Eagles, and also the Arizona Cardinals have been linked with trading up for Jalen Waddell as well. So to make sure that they can get Waddle, even though they sit four spots above the Cardinals, they're going to have to trade up and get him. I know the other day we were talking about how the Eagles, Howie, Howie Roseman really, at least this was a report, said they were looking to build in the trenches, so maybe that's still an option with Rashawn Slater. But I had Christian Derrissaw, but conflicting reports are coming out about Derrissaw, or Derrissaw, Barmore, about how two weeks ago he was a top 15 pick. Now... He can't get coached, and now he's not a top 15 pick. He might be slipping out of the first round. Like, those are two completely different things we're hearing right now about Christian Barmore, but I think the Eagles would love a guy like Jalen Waddle because they're in a similar boat to the three te- two teams I mentioned before, Broncos and Giants. Need to figure out if Jalen Hurts is their guy. Nick Sirianni did not stay. Jalen Hurts was a starter. So, got to figure it out. By doing that, you get him weapons, at least some wide receivers, because if they can't win with the weapons we drafted him, we can't win with him at all. So we're got to move on. So getting a guy like Jalen Waddle will be very smart. I think J.C. Horn's a shout here, but biggest rumor right now to me is that they're going to trade up for Jalen Waddle. Chargers at 13, I would love them to trade up for Panay Sewell. I would love that. I think Justin Herbert wants it to happen. Obviously, the links with him and George, uh, with Oregon, as he was his blindside blocker at Oregon, I think that would be beautiful to see. Tom Telesco has been willing to trade up in the draft before he traded up quite a few or what a few picks to get Melvin Gordon a few years ago. I would love that to happen. Now I also did see that they were set or bullish about Pinkins at left tackle this year because every spot in the offensive line for the Chargers fit except for their left tackle spot, at least from the media standpoint. So maybe they go with someone like J.C. Horn if he becomes available. At 13, with Brandon Staley there coming from the Rams, working with Jalen Ramsey, maybe he wants to draft a corner. But I think protecting Herbert would be big. But if they think Pinkins, Pipkins, I can't remember his name to be exact. If they think he's a starting left tackle, then corner would be a smart move here. But I think the biggest rumor is them trading up for Sewell. 14, the Vikings trading for Rashawn Slater. I think that's their biggest rumor. That's been popping off as of late, trying to get up into the top 10 to take Rashawn Slater. Chargers and Vikings sitting at 13 and 14. One of them is going to come away with a big offensive tackle. I think it's more likely Slater than Sewell to fall to 13 or 14. But will the Vikings go with somebody there too, like Elijah Vera Tucker, Christian Darisaw, someone like that? I don't know. But I've heard that they would like to trade up for Rashawn Slater. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I think they're more likely to trade back. But if they want to trade up for somebody, it'd be smart to get a guy like Rashawn Slater can play both guard and tackle and has do- done so with great success at Northwestern and with the Vikings who have holes all over their off the line. Make a lot of sense to try and trade up for a guy like Slater. If not Slater, Elijah Vera Tucker does similar things to Rashawn Slater. He's just not Rashawn Slater. <laughs> 15, the Patriots, they got to trade up, right? 
They got to trade up for a quarterback. They've got to. The biggest rumor surrounding them is drafting Justin Fields. They're trying to trade up to at least eight, and we talked about that a little bit ago with the Panthers. Training number eight, giving them Stephon Gilmore, getting Justin Fields. That's the big rumor circulating around the the Patriots right now. Stephon Gilmore was linked with a trade all last year. He's going to continually be linked with a trade all throughout the future. So a team like the Panthers, who need a cornerback, that would be a smart move. For both parties involved, Patriots get a quarterback in the future because it's obviously not Jarrett Stidham. And you continue on with this run, not run first, but mobile quarterback, Cam Newton, followed by Justin Fields. 16 Cardinals, biggest rumor around them is trading up for Jalen Waddle, as we just talked about. I think they want Jalen Waddle more than anything. I think there's a chance that they take Darius Toney from Florida. They're a little bit of a reach there. I have read that they are looking mostly towards offense in this draft, as Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach. But I also heard that they could be linked to Zaven Collins, the, uh, the linebacker slash edge rusher from Tulsa. Now, they drafted Isaiah Simmons last year, who was a similar style player in regards to versatility as Zaven Collins. So maybe they like that style player and want to continue building on that. But corner, obviously in need. But if J.C. Horn or Pat Sertan aren't there, do the what did the Cardinals do? I've heard Zaven Collins is a big shout. If Jalen Waddell, Horn, and Sertan are all gone, Collins looks like he could be the guy. I think they'd love to trade up for Jalen Waddell. I don't know if that will happen, but time will tell on that. I think he'd fit nicely in the slot with A.J. Green and DeAndre Hawkins on the outside. If they want to do that run-and-shoot offense, you have Christian Kirk there still, so you could run four wide and just be killing people through the air. I've also heard that they could go after a running back. So those are, the Cardinals have a lot of rumors surrounding them at this point in time. Raiders, it's got to be defense, right? I mean, offensive line's a big need, but after listening to Mike Mayock, I think he kind of likes the offensive line they're working with. So I think defense with Gus Bradley's style of defense where he runs pretty much a 4-2-5 defense consistently, similar to what the Bills do. I think a guy like Jeremiah Wosu-Koromo would be perfect for that. Playing the slot, can play normal linebacker, can play safety. All needs the Raiders have. I also think they could draft Christian Barmore here. Uh, they love their big-name college athletes. Got Alabama, Clemson was a big one, Ohio State. All the blue bloods in college football is who like Mike Mayock likes to draft. And get-off is big. And Christian Barmore, from an interior defensive line standpoint, has some great get-off. And that would be another position of need for the Raiders. And with how low or how the lack of depth in this draft class in regards to the interior defensive lineman is, I would not be shocked at all if Christian Barmore was the pick here by the Las Vegas Raiders. 18, the Dolphins. It's going to be a defender here. That's the big r- rumor, I guess. It's going to be a defender, whether it be Quiddy Pay, Zayvon Collins, Jeremiah Osukoromoa, Jalen Phillips, Aziz Ojolari, someone like that. They're going to draft a defender here at 18. At least one would assume at this point in time they're drafting a defender. 19, trade up for Trey Lance. Good Lord. This is the thing that I want to see anyways. I want to see the Washington football team unload a ton of picks and trade up for Trey Lance. I think they got a good system of quarterbacks there with Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Kyle Allen. That could be a nice support system for Trey Lance. I think they've got nice weapons on the outside and a good running back and a nice athletic tight end that could work with him, and a good defense to back him up if anything starts falling apart. I think that'd be awesome to see. I think I wouldn't rule it out of the possibilities because Daniel Snyder and the Washington football team, anything can happen with that team and that owner. So don't rule that out whatsoever. 
of the Washington football team possibly trading up for Trey Lance. 20, the Bears, I think it's an offensive lineman or corner. They just cut Kyle Fuller. They're going to need a cornerback there. Offensive line, not very good. So, you know, it <laughs> make a lot of sense to try and improve that. I guess wide receiver could be a big need as well, but I don't know which one of the wide receivers you would take here at 20. I think it's more likely to go after a corner here and take a wide receiver later. That's just how I'm feeling on the whole situation. Or take interior D offensive lineman later and a wide... Or you could take corner, interior D O-lineman, and the wide receiver in that order. That's what I would do if I was the Bears, to be 100% honest. Colts, I think it's edge rusher or trade back, and it's still an edge rusher. I think the Colts are taking an edge rusher. <laughs> if Jalen Phillips is available or Quiddy Pay, I think they take him. If not, I think they trade back and take someone like Jason Oway or someone like that from Penn State. I think Ozolari, Ozolari makes a lot of sense at 21, but I've heard he's got some knee issue that just started popping off, so maybe that causes his draft stock to, stock to dip a little bit. But time will tell. I like Ozolari a lot. I think he'd fit with the Colts. He could play as a 3-4 outside linebacker. He can play as a 4-3 DN. He can do both fine. I don't worry about his size that much because if he can get off and make moves around defensive ends or Ed tackles, I think he'll be fine. Hopefully. He's very athletic, so that's kind of a little boost for him coming off the edge. 22, the Titans. I think depending on who's available, I think they could trade back and take someone like Elijah Moore. I think they could take him at 22. I think they could take a corner at 22. But I could definitely see them trying to move back, accumulate more picks, and then go after some defense later because there's some good corners in this draft. If you want a guy like Elijah Moore and then you draft a corner, because we talked about this huge list of corners that could take in the second round, like Asante Samuel's a possibility. Caleb Farley is a little bit of a possibility there. Eric Stokes, Elijah Molden, Tyson Campbell, Kelvin Joseph. Ifatu, Ifatu, Melifonwu from Syracuse, Aaron Robinson, Paul Sanabayo, Sean Wade. Like, there's some good corners here that you could take. And if you not want a corner, you can take a safety. Javon Holland, Richie Grant, Trayvon Morig, Andre Sisko, Jamar Johnson, Hamza Nasruddin. There's some good divine, jeez, divine Diablo. You've got some good people you could take on defense later. If you want a guy like Elijah Moore, I would not put it past the Titans on taking him. He lost a lot of weapons on the outside this offseason. I think three of their top five receivers from last season are all gone. So you're going to have to replace them somehow. And I think reuniting, or not, I don't know if they played together, but get another Ole Miss wide receiver out wide would be smart. I think offensive tackles a little bit of a shout here as well after cutting former first-round draft pick Isaiah Wilson. So time will tell. Which <laughs> is a common theme here. Jets. I think it's ta- I think they're take- the biggest rumors taking off the linemen. I think they're going to try and build a support system around Zach Wilson, unlike what the previous regime did with Sam Darnold. They got Makai M- Becton there at left tackle, getting a right tackle there. I think it would be the smartest move for the Jets in the draft. Steelers biggest rumor they're drafting a running back at twenty four. I think they're drafting Najee Harris. I think that's who they've been targeting the entire time. He just feels like a Steelers player. Najee Harris twenty four. That's the biggest rumor around them. Jaguars at 25, I think it depends on who's available. If Christian Barmore's there, take him. Let's say the Raiders take Barmore, and then Jeremiah Wosukoromoa slips past Washington and falls to the Jaguars, they take him. If neither one of them are available, take Kadarius Toney from Florida. I think those are the three biggest options for the Jaguars at this point in time. I would love to see Kadarius Toney go there. 
I think he'd fit perfect with what Urban Meyer would do with him, similar to what Percy Harvin did at Florida. Kadarius Toney can do the exact same things. I had him going there in my last mock draft. I feel I feel good about that one. I would love to see those two reunite. The Jaguars do have the first pick in the second round, so that could be a position that they target with the first pick if Kadarius Toney's available there. 26, the Browns, linebacker or D-tackle or edge right. It's something on defense. Biggest rumor they're drafting someone on defense. It's not really a rumor. They're drafting someone on defense. It just depends on who's available to them. And then they can decide, like, if Quiddy Pay falls, take him. Barmore, take him. Jamin Davis, take him. Jeremiah Wosakoromoa, take him. Zayvon Collins, take him. Like, you got, you're taking defenders. Edge rusher, D-tackle, linebacker. That's who the Browns are taking in the first round of the draft. 27, you can say this about both picks. 31 and 27, both Ravens picks. Edge rusher, wide receiver. Don't care what order. I think that's what they're doing. Edge rusher, wide receiver. Whichever one. You go wide receiver, edge rusher. Edge rusher, wide receiver. I think Ojolari, Jason Owe, Joe Tryon, Carlos Basham to a certain extent. Who else is available? Ronnie Perkins could be an option here. So there's Gregor Rousseau could be an option. I almost forgot about him. He, they could all be options here. Wide receiver. Rashad Bateman, I think, makes the most sense fit-wise. With his ability to be a run blocker, I think would make a lot of sense for the Ravens. Terrace Marshall. Then you've got Kadarius Toney, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore. But I think they're going to want someone like Rashad Bateman or Terrace Marshall, someone different out wide. And I think Rashad Bateman with his run, again, run blocking ability would be a better fit for the Ravens than the other guys I just mentioned. So edge rusher, wide receiver. Saints, anything. They have like, I think they have four draft picks. If I'm not mistaken, I could be 100% wrong on that, but I think they have like four picks, so they can do anything here. It might be a reach to some, but the Saints will be like, okay, we couldn't get this guy later, so we took him now. That's that's the the the, parrot, uh, the purgatory you got to live in if you have a, min, a minimal number of picks. You could trade all of them to move up to number one. The Saints have done that before, but are trading their entire draft, not necessarily move, to move up to number one, to trade up to five Man, but I think the Saints are more likely to go somewhere on defense. I think wide receivers a shout there, but I think linebacker, corner, they got like three corners on the roster, whatever Marshawn Lattimore situation is, they might want to get someone to replace him if that gets worse. But time will tell on that. D-tackle, edge rusher, they're going to go someone on defense for the New Orleans Saints. They're a cap hell. They could go safe. They could draft every position on defense, and I don't think it could be considered a reach. Well, I guess depending on who it is. I guess they could take someone like ridiculous with those picks, but I think they're fine with whoever they pick. They're taking one of the, what, edge rusher, D-tackle, linebacker, corner, one of the five positions on defense. That's what they're going to do here. 29, the Green Bay Packers, I think they trade up for a corner. Their GM in the last three drafts has traded up for a player. Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, Jordan Love. Now that pick's starting to look dumber and dumber as we move on, but he might want to trade up again. If Caleb Farley starts to slide a little bit, I would not put it past the Packers at all to trade up for Caleb Farley. They brought Kevin King back, so there's a chance that if Farley's not healthy right away, you don't need to worry about it. You have Kevin King back to the dismay of Packers fans everywhere. You do have him there as a security blanket if Farley's not healthy. But I think they should go after a corner off to lines a shout. 
And receiver's a shout as well, but I don't think receiver will be an option here because that's just not what the Packers do. They haven't drafted the first-round wide receiver since I think Javon Walker is what I said a couple weeks ago. I don't think that's happening. So I think it's either corner or linebacker for the Green Bay Packers here at 29-30. The Bills, running back, corner, or edge rusher. I've wanted the Bills to draft a running back this entire time, but I get the argument against drafting running backs. If you look at the best running backs in the NFL currently, a lot of them are later round draft picks, like rounds two, three. I think there's some fifth rounders in there as well, some undrafted guys. So you don't necessarily have to draft a running back early, but there are some great running backs early, like the greatest running backs of all time were early draft picks. They weren't second, third round draft picks. They're all great, very high draft picks. Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Jim Brown, Emmett Smith, LaDainian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson, Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson. Like, they're all the greatest running backs are top draft picks. They're not slumming it out. Now, they're the good running backs in the NFL now are later draft picks. But where you get drafted does not determine how good of a player you are. It's how a team values you. It doesn't mean that you're that level of player. Like, Shannon Sharp was a late-round draft pick. Hall of Famer. Antonio Gates went undrafted to play basketball at college. Hall of Famer. Tom Brady was 199th pick. Hall of Famer. Greatest quarterback of all time. Like, I don't... I get the argument against drafting running back, but I could also throw at you the greatest running backs of all time. If we looked at a list of the top 10 greatest running backs of all time, they're all first-round draft picks. All of them. Like, let's pull up a list right now. Greatest running backs of all time. If this will actually pop up with a comprehensive list. Okay, there we go. That I can click on. So you got Barry Sanders. Just so we can double-check, I'll read you out where they were picked in their respective draft. Barry Sanders was picked third in a draft that had five or four Hall of Famers in the first five picks. Jim Brown, arguably the greatest running back of all time, was the sixth overall pick. Walter Payton, another one of the quote-unquote greatest running backs of all time, was the fourth overall pick. Emmett Smith, the league's all-time leading rusher, was the 17th overall pick. Eric Dickerson, one of the greatest running backs ever, greatest season in NFL history in regards to running back. Second overall pick, O.J. Simpson, regards to what you think of him off the field. First overall pick, Hall of Famer, Earl Campbell, another Hall of Fame running back. First overall pick, Marshall Falk, St. Louis Rams fame, drafted by the Colts over Trent Dilfer. Second overall pick, LaDainian Tomlinson. <laughs> oh my God, it's just fifth overall pick. Then you've got Adrian Peterson, seventh overall pick. Like, the, you can make the argument that you should draft running backs late, but then Marcus Allen, tenth overall pick. Kale Sayers, like, they're all high draft picks. Kale Sayers was a top five pick in two different drafts. Now, okay, now we've reached. In this list, I have found, I have finally, after reading out all those names, have finally reached, and Mar- Herschel Walker, or Tony Dorsett, I should say, Tur- Tony Dorsett, second overall pick, Hall of Famer. I have finally reached, so how many running backs was that that I just read out? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 
11, 12, 13 running backs I just read. And now we have finally reached our first second round draft pick. Now, this is not an order of where these guys were, like how great they are. Now, it could be. But this is, I searched a running back. I searched greatest running backs of all time. And they popped up in that little scrolly thing you can do on Google. It pops up. Thurman Thomas was the first running back that popped up and he was picked 40. And you got Jerome Bettis was a high draft pick. <laughs> and he was a 10th overall draft pick. Oh my goodness. Like you just keep going and going and going. Like, sure, don't draft running backs early, but hey, there's some great running backs that were drafted very, very early. The greatest running backs of all time were drafted early. And then you're going to have the odd example, the examples of like Cadillac Williams, Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown, Kajana Carter. Like you're gonna have those. You're gonna have those in every position. So you shouldn't draft a quarterback with a first overall pick because Tim Couch and Jamarcus Russell exist. Like I just read out, thirteen straight running backs that are in or we will are in or will be in the Hall of Fame. I think Barry Sanders is the only or Barry Sanders. Or, Adrian Peterson was the only one I didn't read that's not in the Hall of Fame right now. And all of them, all 13 of them, were first-round draft picks. Now, you got, like, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, late-round draft picks, second, third-round draft picks. I get the argument. I'm not saying it's a stupid argument or anything, but I could also, I could clap back and say, well, the greatest running backs of all time are first-round draft picks. Unequivocally, all the greatest running backs are first-round draft picks. The top 10 running backs of all time are first-round draft picks. Unquestioned right now. At this point in time, no, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, those guys could sneak into that realm. But then you got, like, Saquon Barkley, Zeke, Christian McCaffrey. They're first-round draft picks. I think that worked out pretty well for them. Now, I'm not saying that Travis Etienne is this these running backs, but he could be. Again, where you're drafted does not mean what type of player you are. That's what the team thinks you are, but it's not actually what you are. It could be anything once you get drafted. And if the Bills want Travis Etienne and feel like he could definitely help their offense, well, I think he could because of his versatility, being able to split out wide if he need, if needed, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield is better than any of these running backs in the draft. If they want to get him, draft him. If you want to take a corner, I think if any of the corners or edge rushers you want to take here like Asante Samuel or Joe Tryon, maybe that's a little bit of a reach. I don't think you're reaching if you're getting a Travis Etienne. Now, you could argue that if you trade up to like 22 or something, might be a little bit of a reach. But at least you're taking him out of the hands of like the Jets, the Jaguars, the Steelers, teams that want, could draft running backs. I don't know. That's just how I'm looking at it right now. I get the argument, but at the exact same time, I can make an argument that the greatest running backs of all time are all first-round draft picks. And then 31, we've already talked about the Ravens, edge rusher, wide receiver. Bucks, I think they trade back. They don't have any needs on their roster at this point in time. They signed everybody back from the Super Bowl roster. I think they just bring everybody back. Or trade back. And chill a little bit. I think that's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will do. And I think if they don't, those take best player available, whether that's Morig's, Morig, Barmore, Honors Zaruki, Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall, Kadarius Tony, Kyle Trask. I don't know. They'll draft best player available and then move on. They don't need anybody. They all twenty two players are back. They want to accumulate more picks. 
then go ahead. Get more players. But if not, they'll just take the best player available. But that's all I've got for you on this Draft Eve edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoy the 2021 NFL Draft, because I sure as hell will. Mock Draft 7.0, the last mock draft of the season, will be out on Thursday, right before the draft. So make sure you stay tuned for that. We'll have something planned for you for the 2021 NFL Draft as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that as well. Without further ado, without further ado, I have been Logan Blackman, and I will see you all later. Happy Draft Eve, everybody. Peace.